You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. So this was a little video. If, if you haven't been joining us this past month, we've been watching this series and looking at that nativity. And it's just been neat that each week pulling something new from that. And from this week, I love that line of just step back and let God do what he does. He gave us a gift, it's a gift of Jesus. I have a story I wanted to share with you. It's, it's a, a story in first person from a man named Martin. It says, it was Christmas Eve, 1942. I was 15 years old and feeling like the world had caved in because there just hadn't been enough money to buy me the rifle I wanted for Christmas. We did our chores early that night for some reason. I just figured Daddy wanted some little extra time to be able to read the Bible tonight. And so after supper, I took off my boots and stretched out in front of the fireplace and waited him for him to get that old Bible down. But Daddy didn't come in and get the Bible. Instead, he bundled up again and went outside. I couldn't figure it out because we'd already done all the chores. I didn't worry about it too long because I was busy wallowing in my own self-pity. Soon he came back in. It was a cold, clear night out there, and ice had already formed on his beard. Come on, Martin, he said. Bundle up good. It's cold out tonight. I was really upset then. Not only was I not getting the rifle for Christmas, but now he was dragging me out in the cold on Christmas Eve. But I got up and put on my boots and got on my coat. Mommy gave me a mysterious smile as I opened the door to leave the house. Something was up but I didn't know what. Outside, I became even more dismayed. There in front of the house was the work team already hitched to the big sled. Whatever we were going to do, it wasn't going to be short, quick little job. We only got the full team hitched up when we had a big haul, a big load to haul. Daddy was already on the seat with his reins in hand, and I reluctantly climbed up next to him. The cold was biting at me, and I wasn't happy. We pulled the sled around to the wood house, and he got off, and I followed. Then Daddy came out from the woodshed and came out with an armload of wood, the wood I had spent all summer pulling out of the mountains, all fall splicing, and he threw it in the sled. He told me to follow, and I said, what are you doing? And he said, have you been by the widow Jensen's lately? Miss Jensen lived about two miles down the road. Her husband had died a year or so ago and left her with three children, the oldest being eight. Sure, I'd been by, but so what? Yeah, I said. Why? I rode by just today, he said. Little Jakey was out digging around in the woodpile, trying to find a few chips. They're out of wood, Martin. That's all he said, and he turned back and went in the woodshed. I followed and grabbed an armload, and we continued to do this until the sled was piled high. Finally, he called a halt to our loading, and we went to the smokehouse, where he took down a big ham and a side of bacon. He handed them to me to put in the sled, and I turned around, and here he came with a big big sack of flour and a small little sack in his left hand. What's in the little sack, I asked. Shoes. They're out of shoes. Little Jackie had gunny sacks wrapped around his feet when he was out at the woodpile this morning, and I got the children a little candy too. It just wouldn't be Christmas without a little candy. 
We then rode the two miles to Miss Jensen's house pretty much in silence. Tried trying to think through what was dad doing. We didn't have much by worldly standards. We had some wood and some meat, but we certainly didn't have extra money to buy shoes and candy. Money that could have been spent on my rifle. But we finally got to the Jansons' home, and we came up from the blind side of, the, of their house and unloaded the wood quietly as possible. And we took the meat and the flour and the shoes to the door. We knocked. The door opened a crack, and a timid voice said, Who is it? Lucas Miles, ma'am, and my son Martin, come by for a bit. Miss Jensen opened the door and let us in. She had a blanket wrapped around her shoulders. The children were wrapped in another and were sitting in front of a fireplace by a very small fire that hardly gave off any heat at all. Miss Jensen fumbled for a match and finally lit the lamp. We brought you a few things, ma'am, Daddy said, and he sent down the sack of flour. I put the meat on the table. Then he handed her the sack that had the shoes in it. She opened it hesitantly and took the shoes out, one pair at a time. There was a pair for her and one for each of the children. I watched her carefully. She bit her lower lip to keep from trembling, and the tears filled her eyes, and she started to run, and they started to run down her cheeks. She looked at Daddy like she wanted to say something, but it just wouldn't come out. We brought a load of wood too, ma'am, he said. And he turned to me and said, Martin, go bring enough to last for a while. Let's get that fire up to size and heat this place up. I wasn't the same person when I went back out to bring in the wood. I had a big lump in my throat. And as much as I hate to admit it, there were tears in my eyes too. In my mind, I kept seeing those three kids huddled around that fireplace and their mother standing there with tears running down their cheeks with so much gratitude in her heart that she couldn't even speak. My heart swelled within me, and the joy that I'd never known before filled my soul. I had given at Christmas many times, but never had it made such a difference. I could see we were literally saving the lives of these people. As soon as I had the fire blazing, everyone's spirits soared. The kids started giggling when Dad handed them the the candy, and Miss Jensen looked on with a smile that she probably hadn't had on her face in a long time. She finally turned to us and said, God bless you. I know the Lord has sent you. The children and I have been praying that he would send one of his angels to spare us. Well, anyways, tears were running down the widow Jensen's face when we stood up to leave. My daddy took each one of the kids in his big arms and gave them a hug, and they clung to him and didn't want to let go. I could see they missed their daddy, and I was glad I still had mine. Miss Jensen said, thank you, Brother Miles. I, I don't have to say it, but may the Lord bless you. I know for certain that he will. Out on the sled, I felt a warmth that came over me that I didn't even notice the cold. And when we'd gone a little ways, daddy turned to me and he said, Martin, I want you to know something. Your mother and I have been tucking away a little money all year long so that we could buy a rifle for you. But we never had quite enough. Then yesterday, a man that owed me a lot, a little money from years back came by and made things square. Your mom and I were so excited, thinking now we could get you that rifle. And I started into town this morning to do just that. But on the way, I saw a little Jakey scratching out at the woodpile with his feet wrapped in those gunny sacks, and I knew what I had to do. 
Son, I spent the money for shoes and on for shoes and a little candy on those children. I hope you understand. Oh, I understood. And my eyes became wet with tears again. I understood very well, and I was so glad Daddy had done it. Now the rifle seemed so low on my list. He had given me so much more. He'd given me the look on Miss Jensen's face and the radiant smiles on those three children. He'd given me more than a rifle. He'd given me the best Christmas of my life. I love that story because Martin learned something that Christmas. The joy of giving. You know, at Christmas we always have gifts and, and we receive gifts and we give gifts. And, and I'll admit, it's a lot of fun to receive gifts. I, I don't know anyone that doesn't like that. I have several gifts I've shared with you guys before about Littlefoot, my stuffed animal that I got one Christmas. Or, or I, as Sarah and I were talking last week about some of our favorite gifts, and I remember the first time she gave me my favorite coat. And I, I wore that coat all the time because it meant something special coming from then my girlfriend. It was so special. I, I remember other gifts like the time when she was able to figure out how even though we couldn't afford it, she got me a flat screen TV in our new home. I remember all these gifts and they were great to get. But as Martin learned, they pale in comparison to giving. You know what I mean? The, the joy of giving the right gift. The joy of giving a gift that not only is something that you know that they might want, but a gift that's meaningful. A gift that could make a difference. A gift that might even change their life. As I think about the scene, this, this scene 2,000 years ago, I wonder, I got to assume that's how God felt. That when he looked down and he saw his son coming to earth, when he saw Emmanuel, God with us, he had to have had that joy, that excitement of the perfect gift, that it wasn't only what mankind needed, but it was what would change their life. I want to just look at that story for a moment. If you will, dive into it with me. It's in the second chapter of the book of Luke. If you're reading along there at your home, feel free to turn to that second chapter. We also have it up on the, on the screen. But it begins, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Every child... Every child born is a gift from God, but, but especially this one. This was God's son given to mankind. This baby was a gift for all of humanity. This baby was a gift for you and for me. And this baby grew. He grew into a man, and a man who ended up giving his own gifts, his own gifts that would change people's lives. To the blind man, he gave the gift of sight. To the deaf man, he gave the gift of hearing. To the leper colony, he gave the gift of love. 
to the to Zacchaeus he gave the gift of inclusion to the adulterous woman he gave the gift of forgiveness there's two wonderful gifts God has given us one was on that night 2000 years ago when this baby comes where God comes to earth <laughs> that was a wonderful gift that he looked down and he knew this was for mankind. This would change everything. And the next gift to mankind was 33 years later when Jesus gave up his life for us on the cross. I think we'd be remiss if at Christmas, even though it's about the birth of Jesus, that we wouldn't also focus on his death. Because without his death, the birth wouldn't be as meaningful. Without his death and his resurrection, this is what completes the gift. And so, we flip to the end of that book, Luke chapter 23. It says, it was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. And he died there on the cross, and they take his body down, and they lay him in a tomb, and they put a roll of stone in front of it. But then, the three days later, joy comes to mankind. We pick up on this part of the story in the book of Matthew, chapter 28. It says, after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of them that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, Come and see the place where he lay. This was the second gift that God gave us. This is the second gift that God gave you and me. This is the second gift. He gave us his son on Christmas morn, but then he gave us Jesus raising from the dead. He gave us the gift of conquering death. He gave us the gift of conquering our sin. He gave us the gift of salvation. You see, that gift of salvation is for each one of us and something we couldn't have obtained on our own. You see, all of us have this debt, a debt that's weighing us down, a debt that we're drowning in, a debt that we, we are shackled by. It's this debt of sin. As Romans says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. All of us have this debt of sin. And with sin, with that debt, comes death. Romans 6 tells us, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We all have this sin, we all have this destiny for, for death, 
This is our, our destiny is, is time in hell. But because Jesus came and he conquered death and he conquered sin, we have the opportunity to receive salvation if we put our faith in him. As, as the scripture continues, Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the gift of salvation. This is a gift I, I want to invite you to embrace tonight. That you might be watching this at home and you might have never accepted this gift before. And, and if that's the case, I want to encourage you. You can do this tonight in your home. Say a prayer and accept Jesus. But, but it doesn't stop there. I want to encourage you to accept him as your savior and, and then reach out to us. Let us be able to tell you uh, the next steps. Let us tell you about baptism. Let us be able to walk this path with you to be growing in Jesus Christ. The greatest gifts, Christmas and Easter, the greatest gift that our debt is gone. Isn't that an amazing gift? If you'll pray with me right now, God, we thank you that you have taken away our sins. We thank you that you have given us this, this gift of salvation. We get, thank you for this gift of Christmas. God with us. Lord, we don't deserve it. We are sinners. As, as we saw in the scripture, we are sinners and we deserve death. But instead, Jesus, you took this sin, you took this death, and you gave us salvation. And so, Lord, tonight, we thank you for the gift that changed our lives, the gift that changed eternity, the gift of baby Jesus, Emmanuel, coming to earth, and the gift of our Savior, raising from the dead and conquering death. Our debt has been paid. In your name, amen. Normally during a church service, even at Christmas Eve, oftentimes there's an offering time. A time when a basket would be passed and, and we'd give an opportunity to be able to worship in that way. But tonight, we're not going to do that. Tonight, we're not going uh, to ask for you to give because tonight, our gift is the service to you and, and also because you guys have been amazing in giving. We've talked about this announcement, and we've, we've kind of teased with this for the past six weeks or so, and I'm excited to be able to tell you guys tonight, your giving the past year has, has been amazing, and it's been faithful and, and genuine, and God has been able to do great things with it. And, and so we took some of that giving, and it was something neat. We were able to partner with an organization called uh, RIP Medical Debt. And it's a group that will buy down medical debt, pennies on the dollar. So if we give a penny, they buy a dollar. If we give a dollar, they'll buy a, they're able to buy a hundred. If we give a uh, hundred dollars and so forth. And so we're able to take your offering and be able to make a difference here in Northeast Tennessee. And so I'm excited to tell you that because of your giving, because of your faithfulness and your generosity to God, there are people that received a letter last week that said their debt, their medical debt has been, re has been relieved. 
Imagine people that have this daunting medical debt that they already missed work because they've been in the hospital. And on top of that, all those bills from the hospital have been piling up. Oftentimes you hear these stories about this magnitude of medical debt that leads to, to bankruptcy, leads to depression, leads to divorces and broken marriages and broken families. And this week, there's people across Northeast Tennessee that received an envelope. And when they opened it, there's a letter that said, Discovery Church, along with RIP Medical Debt, has covered your debt. And not just that, but I'm excited to tell you, we were able to cover $1 million worth of medical debt in Northeast Tennessee. So starting from Sullivan County all the way through Knoxville, we've covered medical debt, thanks to your generosity. So we want to thank you and, and want to share that Christmas and Eve celebration, that great news. And, and I hope at home you're as excited and celebrating as I am that this is an awesome thing that across this state, people are, have opened that card, opened that envelope, and found hope, found that their medical debt is relieved. And I hope that that might have led them to a church somewhere tonight to be reminded that just not their medical debt is gone, but the debt of their sin has been relieved as well.